and welcome to another edition of Cybersecurity Chronicles. I'm back for another week's episode with Sean Mahoney and Stanley Lee of NetSwitch. Hello, both. Hey, guys. Hey, James. All right. So the topic of today's episode is, the short title is The $1 million Deleted Email. (laughs) Now, the longer version of the title is The Million Dollar Impact to a Construction Company from a Deleted Email 24 Months Ago and the Need for the Company to Follow GRC requirements. Sean, do you want to kick us off with the, with a bit more background to this story? Sure. It's a, uh, a another one of those incidents where something happens and they come to us for uh, advice of what should be done. Um, a company uh, involved in the construction industry has recently realized that a former employee deleted an email from approximately 24 months ago that now could potentially cost the organization a million dollars. Don't know what the email was about. Don't know what it was for. We don't. Uh, Just the fact that they need to get this email um, back for their business relationship. And the CEO said that it could potentially cost them a million dollars. So what do you do? So we went and we looked back and we were able to pull some some records, uh, some files related to uh, the email service, and uh, it's not there. As we did further digging for them, um, it comes down to the settings for the retention and archiving policies were default settings. And the the managed provider had not uh, configured them uh, in a way to retain documents or data the way they should. It's one of the things we're starting to see growing with companies in, that have a position in a supply chain where they may touch critical infrastructure organizations. And they the companies are now starting to have demands and pressures put on them to have uh, more, what I would say is more formalized uh, understanding of their policies, procedures, controls, and how they organize themselves from a data and access control standpoint. Companies have said, well, we're just a small company. We're a family or- organization. We don't really need to have all this stuff formally documented. Um, but the, their partners in their business the customers in their business, their vendors in their business are all starting to put these pressures on them to have some sort of understanding of how they organize themselves and control themselves. So what we're back to this case, what we're finding is that they, the company did not have any policies or procedures documented to how the employees would manage their business roles and responsibilities and how they would treat, uh, company or business-related emails, and company and business-related data. And so the lack of these controls uh, is now exposing the company to potentially a, a cost of a million dollars. And so you you mentioned before when we were preparing that, that this has changed the way that NetSwitch as an organization approaches how you do your your risk management, if you like, uh, your risk assessment for the clients that you work with. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah. So when we're talking to 
decision makers within the businesses that we're talking to about engaging with us. And we talk about the ways that we do what we do from a technology standpoint. And in some cases, clients would like us to manage their network, sort of that traditional MSP position, and they want us to manage their security or manage detection and response uh, side. And the fact that we can sit and be in both areas to manage the network controls, the security controls there, and the cybersecurity and information security controls uh, puts us in a bit of a unique position. What customers were asking from us, and this is where we're sort of seeing the trend, and even when we're talking to uh, people that we know within the industry that we work within, what we're hearing is, well, do you, can you help us with our policies? I need to demonstrate that we're doing this or that we have this. Um, they're asking, I have a, a vendor that's asking if we do this on the monitoring side. Can you give me a report? And can you give me the control compliance that we're doing these things? So what we've started to do now is with our SecOps, uh, that we are doing for clients is we now have the ability to go through uh, 20 critical security controls and evaluate them and identify where their gaps are. And it gives them an illustration of the level of security that they're achieving on the technology side and how we can help um, reduce those risks by putting something in place to measure or address those critical security controls. On the other side is where management tends to look is in the policies and procedures. That these are not technical things, but they're, this is how we do it. This is what we want to do. This is how we do it. And that gives a roadmap to the technology side, the IT side of what sort of things that they can put into place to monitor or control the policies and procedures on the documented side. So it's really important for these small to mid-sized businesses who traditionally have said, we don't need documented policies or procedures. We don't need to know all this stuff. We don't need to have it done. Well, it's starting to become, yeah, you, you do. If you're going to be an important part of a supply chain to other organizations, you're going to need to demonstrate that you have some of these things in place and that you have some of these uh, critical security controls. And so one of the things that we do oftentimes, and, and Stanley can talk about this about a bit as well, is we have these conversations with customers who we've talked about it before. It can seem daunting to a small organization when they're doing their regular business to have to tackle all of these things. You know, Stanley will talk to clients about uh, – do you, have you done data segmentation and access control to that data? And he, they just, he just deer and headlights look at him. <laughs> right, Stanley? Yeah. And also one of the important things is we see that the industry of IT and security is also changing. Why is it changing is because as I have talked before, it's more risk driven, but to the executives, well, you got to show me what the risks are and how are you going to mitigate it? What stage of the risk are we 
at and what is the gap and how do we fulfill it? So we, we kind of we have to split our language into two different audience. One group is the, the business to explain to them how do we measure it, how do we do it, all in non-technical terms. But the same token, this type of policy procedures, GLC objectives, risk management have to be translated into a technical, executable, uh, and measurable security controls in the technical form. So this is something that is becomes more of we are still learning as we speak because we have to learn all the GLCs, you know, whatever the framework's being throwing at us at this point. And we automating all these processes between the GLC process into the technical security controls processes. And all of these has to base on the industrial standards or some sort of framework, depends on what the client's industry falls into. So, you know, we we are learning, but we don't have to learn all the terminology into it because they are all automated in a, in a way, but we have to understand how to integrate them into one package, into one solution to provide it, to satisfy both audience with their different objectives, but they all driving into this big topic of GLCs and enterprise risk management. And that must be quite a challenge as, a, as an organization to become risk managers as, as well as technical experts. <laughs> Well, but the funny part is, James, because we, you know, Nestwatch has been managing small companies since day one, that's 20 years ago. This has never changed to us. Our clients always come to us when it comes to this type of, if you, you may, more of a management type of help, because our clients, they are not the technical people and sometimes you know they're good at what they do in their business so they have to discuss and we have to and well that's part of my job is to going around the world and talking to different people and looking into different types of laws and compliance and i have to dig deeper into it we hire researchers to dig deeper into the subjects into the regulation itself so we can speak intelligence to those business owners they just want to focus on their business and that's what we've been helping them for the last 20 years interesting sean yeah it's um it's it's a change in the language, but really what we do um, and what is done is we've, we've mitigated risk or managed risk or addressed risk concerns with technology. Um, and so it's, it's just a, a change in language, change in uh, how things are contextualized uh, so it's relevant to who you're speaking to. And that's one of the things that that I deal most often with is on the management side because um, I'm not technical, um, but understanding that and having been in the position of the people that I'm speaking with, been in their position before of having to understand those risks to an organization and how to seek advice of mitigating those risks. Uh, that's the area that I typically work within, but it's, you know, it's, it's amazing how, much this uh, demand for GRC has trickled down to the small and mid-sized businesses. So in some ways, what we're doing today is we're bringing uh, some of the consultative 
uh, services that sort of the big four bring to the large enterprises. We're bringing these down to the small and mid-sized businesses and integrating with the automation that we do. So it really sort of rounds out for those small to mid-sized businesses, the automation in the technology of the cybersecurity, enterprise-level cybersecurity tools down to small and mid-sized businesses. Consultative risk management approaches and control measurements uh, down to the small to mid-sized businesses. So. Yeah, it is a challenge. It is a challenge at the same time, as I said, that, you know, throughout my career that I have seen so many different technology come and go. And as I said, that every three to five years, there's a technology change. It's just how we as a managed service provider, including security, now moving into what what I call it, the automation stage and the SACOP automation stage to be more precise. And these are just tools that help us to do our job more efficiently. But the underlining process, you know, it's just going through the same thing. You look at it with some common sense with how you look at each GRC um, requirement piece by piece. And then, you know, just put a little thought process into it. Well, how do we do it? And that's why they still call it the best practice. It's never going to be 100% right. It will never be 100% right because it's each company is different. Even mm-hmm. though you are a bank, but you could be a different type of bank. You could be regional, national, doesn't matter. It, they all follow through the similar type of GRC, different you know, uh, um, type of regulations. But you still have to tweak those controls to fit into that bank's requirement. And that just takes a little bit of common sense, discussions, collaborations, but the tools will not change. It's just how you're driving those tools. And that's what we've been good at. And because we always been, you know, I have always been dealing with, you know, small, medium-sized customers. And that is the part that we, you know, since Sean mentioned about the big four, we all laugh at the big four because they just can't provide that kind of personal touch and the customization service without breaking the bank. <laughs> I think I think more than ever, this demonstrates the, the as you said, you, your partners, you considered partners with your clients, right? Because you have to be involved in so many areas of their business in order to 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 deliver the outcomes that they want, which is good security technology, but also compliance. Well, yeah, and, and managing the risk. And as I said, it's a common sense is managing the risk. It's just like, you know, we, we, we all talk about how do you secure your homes? There are so many ways to secure your home, but there's still at the end of the day, you got to walk around the home, look at how many windows you have, how many doors you have, how secure each one of them are. This is part of what we refer as common sense. And, you know, a lot of times that, you know, human error happens, but that's where the automation tool comes in and help us to do that job. And but it's still the tools is still a tool. Somebody needs to drive it, and it's just a little bit more thought process, a little bit more concern is that you know the how the attitude as the team between ourselves and our partners. Well, what I mean by partners is our vendors and our customer all together, we have to look at it as a team and how do we tackle each problems. 
And this is, you know, it's not going to change overnight. And we told that client it's not going to change overnight because this is something that it happened two years ago. But there is low cost solutions and a step by step approach to try to resolve the situation right now, but also looking into the policies, looking into the GRCs, it just needs planning process. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of companies that they just don't have that patient, they want to have a quick fix, but it's just like everything else. When you have a quick fix, something is going to fail apart down the road. So you want a long-term or you want a short-term, it is just, you know, what is your attitude towards cybersecurity or risk management? Oh, absolutely. I want to thank you for sharing a real-world example. I do think it's one of the strengths of a podcast like this is to be able to talk about real-world examples of how security, risk management, and other issues are impacting SMBs increasingly, not just enterprises. So um, thanks for sharing both. Uh, a final word, uh, Sean, we'll, we'll leave with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we talk about automation so much, and it's important. And it, it's really important for people to understand when we talk about automation, it is, uh, it's a tool to reduce costs. It's a tool to get things achieved more quickly and in a more timely fashion. But it's never, at this stage, it's not going to replace the human interaction. It's not going to re replace the human evaluation to what we do ultimately or what we recommend to clients. It's just a tool right now. So it just augments uh, our time and makes us more efficient. Wonderful. Okay. Well, uh, I think we'll, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a positive note to end on. So thanks both Sean and Stanley for another sure. great episode. Uh, we'll look forward to speaking on the next one. And, and until then, from all of us, speak, uh, we'll speak to you then. Thank you all. Great. Thanks, guys. Bye.